You know, I have a I have a routine after games whenever things go well, right? It's um it's stop and get me a big old double meat with cheese Whataburger and just eat it like it's the the last meal I've ever had. Right? And I never get Whataburger. My family doesn't like Whataburger. I'm the only one. TJ and I would be best friends uh, when it comes to Whataburger. But my my routine then when we don't play well, Josh, is like punishment. It's like you're not stopping to eat. You're going to get home. You're going to eat what you have in your fridge. You don't deserve to eat. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. It's just it's weird, right? I could be dying of hunger. It's like literally we, we had breakfast and that was it on Saturday, and I was so hungry. And Fort Worth, what are we doing? What are we doing, right? You have this incredible express lane going, and you, like, blow it up and start over in certain areas. And and one other quick note, not to, like, take out all my frustrations on traffic, but speaking of what are we doing, what are we doing in Paul's Valley? I mean, we have taken this seemingly smooth stretch of road and our great friends over at Seth Wadley, and you've made it absolute torture on everybody for like a year now i i mean are we creating a golden highway in that area now i don't listen i know oh you photo at oh you photo guys about to be yeah butt guy on me well they're actually doing this in the area i don't care fix it it's enraging it's like a toll road where there's constantly construction it's like why am i paying for this um why am I why am I paying my good gas and my new tires to constantly be stuck in construction in Paul's Valley? Come on, figure it out. You know, what were we talking about? Oh yeah. So um I got home on Saturday night, Josh, and I was so hungry that literally I think I ate two pieces of bread and it filled me up. Because it was just like, oh, I'm gonna have a piece of bread. Well, I'm full, let's go to bed. And I did find something. I punished myself even more on Saturday night, right, for poor, for poor sideline reporting. I'm part of the problem here, right? We win as a team, we lose as a team. I watched Hocus Pocus, too, with my daughters. What did you think? It was it's, actually halfway decent. You thought so? I mean, relative to my expectations for it, I thought it was going to be the worst possible okay. thing I've ever seen. See, I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that's... But then again, in, in fairness – I was really thrown off by the girl's, like, droopy lip being on the other side of her face, the witch. And I I couldn't get past the fact that um, Sarah uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was, like, 29 when she did this first one. And to me, still kind of looks the same. Yeah, that that was puzzling, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like, whoa, look at you. Good for her. Yeah, I mean, right? Well well done, Matthew Broderick. But, yeah, I, 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 I fell asleep. I couldn't make it through it. You mean you didn't go home and watch football? No. No, I didn't. It was a, a surprise ending. The the witches won, and uh, that's that. <laughs> All right, let, let's get some of these texts, okay? You guys have been really good, very vocal, um, very, very back and forth on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. So as we kick off hour number two, uh, let's go. Here, Here's one. My man from the 479, which I believe is Wichita, uh, has – I sent this twice, so I'll pose it to you to see if you have any answers. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead. So I want to start a running list of people that we're blaming here. Let's see, I got blamed because of too many injury updates, so this is me. 
Um, I had someone uh, this morning that said we're too worried about facilities, so we blame facilities. This is a new one. You ready? And I'm not knocking it. It's just when you lose, everyone's at fault. Who runs the scout team offense? They either really suck at putting our first team defense in difficult positions or these team slash coaching staffs we are playing against are much better than ours at finding weaknesses. So who is it? Also, who is in charge of our QB throwing mechanics? Yeah, did you say on the TV broadcast that RG3 mentioned something about mechanics, so now everybody's worried about the mechanics of Dylan Gabriel? Yes, he did. He went through this big spiel about, oh, he's got this, you know, his base isn't proper, and this is why he's sailing passes. And so (laughs) because Dylan Gabriel was, in fact, sailing a lot of passes, now everybody's convinced that 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 – piece fundamentally for Dylan Gabriel's wrong and I'm not here to say that you know that that's incorrect I mean maybe that is exactly what's going on but uh could just be sailing passes too well well RG3 has a direct line to Levy Levy coached him whenever he was at Baylor so there you go guys by the way Matt Robert well met him I've worked with him a couple of times saw RG3 after the game he was waiting to talk to uh to Lebs super nice guy super nice guy so I know that he was the target for a lot of criticism. And I understand he fixed all the problems with the OU quarterback situation. But, yeah. Also, uh, noted uh, noted comedian on social media. This, well, he uh, really likes to try to make the blue jokes, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, by the way, Jimmy Greenbeans out there running the uh, scout team. So if you want to be even more upset with your head football coach, <laughs> he's he's part of the problem there, too. So, um. <laughs> from the 405 someone ask oh, someone ask needs to ask odot if they have any plans to open that up this weekend for ou texas he, can i give you a, and i know this isn't very helpful advice either leave really early in the morning or really late at night i mean that's just it's it's terrible and there's there's a way around it i think it's like a it's like a maybe about a 15 minute detour but now everybody takes that, and it's you get backed up at a stop sign. So, well, it's just – it's ridiculous. And, and honestly, Josh, it's, it's kind of the only area that's bad in Oklahoma on I-35. Dallas and, you know, going – that path where you – it's like choose your path when you hit that I-35 fork, right? I said that very slowly, fork, where you go to Fort Worth or Dallas. Um I always feel like when I'm going to Dallas, that area, which has now got some construction on it too, I always feel like I'm risking my life on that road because either people are going 150 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour, and there's no in-between when you take that I-35-E-S split, right? It's like, oh, gosh, here we go. At least if you're going the Fort Worth way, you get to drive by Texas Motor Speedway. But good question. We'll reach out and ask. Um, This team writes the 918 has too many players that have been in the old system defensively for too long. Like Venable says, when the pressure comes, it exposes people. These older guys on the team, I feel, revert back to the old ways when the pressure hits. They don't trust the new system yet. It shows on a lot of the plays, especially with guys like Broyles, Aguebu, White, and Davis. You know, Josh and I were talking about this during the break. And, you know, sometimes as a fan, we would spend many a Mondays in the past complaining about some of the P.I. calls, right? Well, that's unfair because 
you know, Buki just – that's how he defends it because he's shorter. And I, just, just whatever the excuse might be. Oh, they throw a flag, even if they throw it up in the air. Unfortunately, I don't feel like we can have that same conversation from Saturday, Josh. No. No, they were just terrible. Woody Washington specifically really stood out a couple of times that – I mean, you're in position to make plays, and it just does nothing but grab the wide receiver's jersey and tug – or make contact with the wide receiver. And it wasn't just him. I mean, there were other guys back there. Harrington, I think, got ticketed uh, once or twice. It was uh, so poor in that regard in the defensive secondary for Oklahoma. It's, uh, man, it's like, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, you know, the, it looked good the first couple of weeks, and now now they're playing some guys, first of all. I mean, TCU's got some, some talented wide receivers, and – they, they just look like they can't defend anybody, and they can't do it uh, by the book the way that you're taught. Okay, can I, can I pose a quick counter to that? It's 10-12. Um, we didn't spend any time on the, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line in hour one, so we're, we're hitting it in hour two. I'm listening to the Browns game a little bit yesterday. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you know how much I hate the Browns <laughs> broadcast. They're play-by-play guy, my guy. It's a two-yard game. It's a two-yard game. You're like, dude, it's a two-yard game. Calm down. Um, and I hear Perrion Winfrey's name called a lot, right? He's making plays. I I watched the Raiders Broncos game. I didn't hear Nick Benito's name called. I didn't see the Larry Turner yell out there much. Now Turner yell was out of eligibility, but let's think about the guys that left early here: Perrion Winfrey, Nick Benito. Um, I think Isaiah Thomas was out of eligibility, but when we get into who had eligibility left and who didn't, I'm, I'm so confused. I have no idea. But it, if any of those guys were back, would it make a difference, you think? Like, in other words, when you say there's dudes that are too caught up in what the old system was and gaining trust – and I feel like I'm leaving someone out, but if if any of those guys that had eligibility left were, were back, do, do you think it makes that big of a difference? I mean, it's hard to say it's going to make a huge difference when you lost by 31 points, but... Yeah, no, understood. I, I do think Benito was a, a definite difference maker, absolutely, for Oklahoma. Linebacker, I mean, man, you, you look like you need another body there. And you had a pretty good one that was flying around last season. So I think that would be a difference maker. And uh, in the secondary, you had a lot of starts under your belt that, that went by the wayside this offseason. So, yes, do I think it would have made a difference? Sure. The, the thing for Oklahoma is, man, it's Oklahoma, right? I mean, you're supposed to be able to replenish and replace. Here's um, Andy Staples wrote a note in the – in his athletic piece. Now, I put, a, I put a link to this on my Twitter feed. Uh, yes, it's behind a paywall. I, I didn't put the little dollar sign thing on there, so people are already mad at me. But um, here, was a, here was a quote. I'm just going to read it briefly. They can make a plausible case that Riley and former Sooner defensive coordinator Alex Grinch did not exactly leave the 1985 Chicago Bears defense behind. While Oklahoma lost significant offensive skill talent to the transfer portal, most of the defensive players who left took a competitive step down. One went to South Alabama. One went to New Mexico State. One went to Houston. 
it's tough to blame safety Pat Fields um, for taking the opportunity to get to get a graduate degree at Stanford, and Latrell McCutcheon was the only defensive player to follow Riley to USC. That combined with OU's 2021 defensive performance suggests the defense Riley and Grinch had in place wouldn't have been close to dominant had they stayed in Norman. Now, that's Andy. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, um, Andy is not somebody who will shine things up for you. He's, And if you go through this, there's some hard truths to read. And Andy's been on the show, and I, he's a good dude. But that that's interesting. I'm, I, I know it doesn't make you feel better. I know that quick counter is, well, it's not like TCU has the 85 Chicago Bears either. And you're right. You're absolutely right. But it's an interesting point. You know, he's – and, and Brent Venables even said it. I think Tyler put the, the tweet out on, on our, our Twitter feed at KREF Sports. You know, it's not always it's not always about being the best player. It's about being the best team. And Oklahoma's not playing good team defense right now. I mean, even in this shot, there is in this article, there's two screenshots of, of, of safeties or corners that, you know, in their zone give up a guy – to another zone, let him loose, and there's nobody there. You know, we're, we're in a cover three at one point. And I'm not a, I'm not an X and O guy. I'm not trying to be, but Ted even talked about it. And Danny Stutzman's in great position, and D- DJ Graham doesn't take care of the deep third, and guy runs wide open. So again, I, back to the original point. I don't think it makes a massive difference, right? Your highest drafted guy out of that class was what later second round, right? But it's just kind of interesting, you know, when you think about the kind of talent that needs to be there. <laughs> One more, by the way. Well, and look, that's not a talent issue. That's a know-your-assignment exactly. issue. So talent's its own thing. I mean, that's that's the deal with Oklahoma right now is these last couple Possible. of weeks, Thank you. The, the third down and 16 play versus yep. Kansas State. I mean, you can't give that up. You no. have to know – the, the time, the score, the situation, that cannot be a situation where Adrian Martinez, you got to spy on, and he runs for a first down. So the lack of awareness of this right. defense, in addition to the the talent disparity or lack thereof that Oklahoma has, man, Oklahoma's got some talent problems. I'm not here to argue that. Sure. But Oklahoma's got enough talent to not give up 55. Preach. Preach. Um, from the 281. And then we'll get a break. And I think this might sum it up best. What was really disappointing was their physicality. They were just much more physical than we were. Basics of football is physicality. If we don't improve this, our SEC chances will not be good. Now, again, that's why I brought up personnel. That's why I brought up some of the guys that were here. But I don't. I don't care who you have out there. If you're wearing that interlocking OU, you don't expect to get pushed around by TCU. And that's where – that's a hard truth. That's a hard truth to have to accept. There is – there's not many times in the – let's see, the 20 – since Bob Stoops came in 
so what, 22, 23 years, this this incredible run, you know, post post Gibbs, Blake, and Schnelly, right? When And Gibbs' teams were not terrible, but they weren't to the standard. Um, there's not many times where you've had a game that you come away from like this and it sucks and it hurts. For a fan, I mean, listen, it hurts for the coaches. But it's – there's not one excuse. There's not one player. There's not one issue. There's not one thing. But we've got a three-hour show every single day that will continue to, to grind and scratch and claw. And you guys have the input, and we love to hear from it. But, yeah, I, it's just wild. It's just wild whenever we sit here and think, wow, that actually happened. And, you know, a couple of chances to try to get back in that game, and you just couldn't couldn't execute – when you did execute offensively and cut it to 10, they went right down the field and scored. And then you had your backup quarterback in, and it was done. All right, quick break. It's uh, I'm going to try to stay on the clock this hour. It's 10-20. A uh, lot of really good stuff rolling in, 405-651-3439. When we come back, let's hear post-game from Brent Venables right here on the right. Oh, here's here's a question I can't answer. I, I actually we, – we have one on the um, Air Comfort Solutions text line at – Four zero five six five one three four three nine. Plank, will there be uh, will there be a radio broadcast for the softball game tonight? No, there will not be. That's what I can't answer for you. <laughs> Got you on that. Everything else, let's kind of see how it plays out. Now, I, I know there's been some talks about putting some of these games later in the season or in, in the fall on radio, but we'll see how it plays out. Everyone's pretty busy, right? A lot of affiliates have, well. Us, I can speak to us. They have high school football going on, and it's great to see the passion that's out there for softball. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if it ends up playing out. They're all on ESPN Plus, though. So you'll be able to watch tonight on ESPN Plus, is my understanding. And uh, then on Wednesday, uh, Nicole Mendez and I will have all the battle series on Wednesday, which is OUVOU. And after watching a scrimmage last week, it was pretty good. Okay. Um, Promise a little Brent Venables. This was – oh, where is that coming from? Uh-oh, there's something playing on here. Never mind. I was like, wow, that sounds like something's playing on my computer. That's never good. I was watching some dude diagram a play during a commercial break. Here is Brent Venables and his opening statement in the post game after the TCU game. Uh, disappointed again and obviously uh, not playing very well today. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, we talked about starting uh, fast and efficient and uh, you know, playing well early, and we obviously uh, we didn't do that. And we gave up touchdowns on three of the four first uh, of their f- four first drives, fumbled the ball in the opening uh, series of the game, and possessed the ball. Uh, after 10 possessions in the first half and score 17 points and, you know, uh, gave up uh, too many big plays today and uh, there was a couple of busts for touchdowns today, uh, both in the, in the passing game and the running game. And uh, I think we had four runs of 35 yards or more and um, five or six plays of 25 yards or more in the, in the passing game. Again, don't we, we're not very good, obviously, right now. I mean, we got a lot to get better at and a lot to improve. And our guys have been committed. They've worked incredibly hard. Um, thought they competed hard uh, the whole day. 
know, we got to give them um, answers and we've got to help get them better quickly. You know, things don't get any easier for us. And, uh, you know, the commitment has been there. You know, we've at, everything that we've asked of them, they've, they've, uh, they've responded. And uh, so I'm incredibly disappointed for them. And, um, you know, and again, you know, talent doesn't win games. Teams win games, and uh, we got a lot to, to get better at to be to become a good football team. That's the cut. That's that's the quote. Talent doesn't win games. Teams win games. Um, I think what is just based on the forty-eight hour reaction. Josh, I think what appears to be the most frustrating is not just that you lost, not just how you lost, but that the big plays were all too familiar, right? Corners not getting their heads around to find the football, busts, and Maybe the one thing that is and, – and we got Todd Bates on today on the Coach's Corner, so I can't wait to kind of get his perspective on this. You know, I, I watch a lot of NFL football because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a big NFL fan. I watch a lot of college football because I'm a big college football fan. You know what seems to bother teams more than anything else? When their quarterback is pressured. When your quarterback has pressure in his face, he struggles. When's the only time Patrick Mahomes looks human? <laughs> Whenever you get pressure in his face. And even if you do that, he might spin out and put a basketball jump shot over your head and drop it to a, a receiver who's standing all alone in the corner of the end zone. By the way, how is he not over the line of scrimmage on that, Josh? Well, it's legal for Mahomes. <laughs> you guys are going to beat the Raiders by 50 on Monday. I'm so not looking forward to that. But, my again, Look at any – when they struck they, – they, have they had a sack in the last two weeks? One. Two, two half sacks for Oklahoma versus uh, TCU this week. They didn't have one versus Kansas State. And Martinez dropped back a good bit. And I think they have eight TFLs combined when, you know, through the first three games you were averaging yeah. about eight and a half, nine TFLs a game. So, yeah, the sacks and tackles for loss department, it's – Totally dried up. It's evaporated for Oklahoma. The great Al Davis line, the quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. Now, be careful. I don't, I don't think you want to go out and get any penalties, but that to me, that to me is very, um, is very concerning. Um, all right, it's 1030. <laughs> from the 405. OU is a softball school. Put the games on. They're on, dude. They're on ESPN+. Plus. Calm down. We've never done anything but just a stream for the fall games before, and now you're getting a full TV broadcast. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, Brian in Tulsa, would you be comfortable throwing Evers in at quarterback? He is a mobile quarterback, I believe. He is a mobile quarterback. Um, he's also a true freshman, and he's also fourth on the depth chart behind uh, General Booty. So, you know, I, I, I know this. And, Brian, I'm not 
dog. I mean, it's Josh and I talked about it. Josh. Even what well, was one of the first things you said? Hey, I'm watching Bevel and seeing. I wouldn't mind seeing Nick Evers get a shot. No one wouldn't mind that. It's just oof. really anything that means that Davis Bevel's not getting a shot. I'd be okay with. <laughs> the funny thing is, he looks he looks so intimidating. He looks so good. He's a big, strong dude, and then he was just hesitant. He, he, you know what he looked like when he went in the game, Josh? He looked like a backup quarterback. And uh, then there's, then there's these two. Real, and, and again, I've got so many that we have stored for whenever I'm out of here at 11:30. Um, Bruce writes, "Were the OU players too tired from physical training and tackling? How do we explain being outmuscled by TCU?" Great question. Uh, and then the 918. Defense sucked win Saturday. No offense, Bevel, nice guy, but not all that. Might as well used all the backup quarterbacks Saturday after DG left the game. Couldn't have been any worse. You know, that was that was one thing that was brought up to me by an unnamed observer on a couple occasions on Saturday. It's not not that uh Bevel stinks. No, that wasn't it. That the team looked tired. Which to me is an excuse, right? The grind, you embrace the strain. I've I've heard the training is is better and harder than it's ever been before. You know, you can't come out and then tell me you're tired. If but it it was a team and and you know part of that is losing. I mean, I'm not. What's the the Bull Durham when they have the guy come speak to him about? No, no, it's not Bull Durham. I'm sorry, the Natural. Got my baseball movies where the guy's giving the speech about losing in the showers and, and, and Robert Redford walks out. I mean, I, losing sucks. It, it, it takes it out of you. It, it, it's terrible. And if we feel bad as fans, they feel infinitely worse as players and coaches. Infinitely worse. You think it sucks for you? Imagine for that – 10 group of assistant coaches, the grad assistants, the analysts that have to go back and relive it, the strength coaches who have to go back and reevaluate things, and then the players who've got to relive it. It sucks. It's terrible. That takes a lot out of you, too. Good. Just saying to the point of, man, they look tired. Yeah, I'd, I'd look pretty tired, too, if, you know, I was chasing around guys and not making plays. All right, quick break. We'll take um, Take a timeout, come back, got a little bit more audio from uh, Coach Venables post-game. Um, I've got my five things, top five things from Saturday. Rather easy list this week, unfortunately. Um, and much, much more from you on a unfortunate reaction Monday for Sooner fans right here on The Ref. You know, the formula for success and, uh, and winning, uh, you know, are the same things it's always been. And so – you know, the psyche can be a fragile thing. Uh, and so, to me, they're going to respond how we respond. And so we got to uh, be the example. Uh, do like you would do it whether you won or you, whether you lost. Uh, again, have some accountability uh, to everyone. Take ownership. Uh, you know, address the issues that were there. Um, improve our fundamentals. You know, make sure that we're putting them in, in schemes that um, are – advantageous and then we got to get our guys to execute that's what coaches are supposed to do and you know right now we've done a poor job of that I mean that's obvious so it's a little bit of everything and you know you have a, a routine and how you do what you do 
uh, certainly you're always examining those things, but it's been a r- routines that how you practice and how you watch film and how you correct and uh, things that you put in front of your guys to uh, to get better. You know that formula won't change. There you go, Brent Venables. Uh, got a couple other cuts here. We're going to share from his post game. We're about thirty minutes away from the coordinators meeting with the media. Um, I like that Coach Levy and Coach Roof do this on Mondays. I think it's cool. Um, it's it's kind of a little bit hard for game previews because you've moved on to Texas, right, Josh? But there's just still so much you feel like you need to unpack from Saturday. And, you know, you heard Coach Venable say it there. you got to – Got to coach them up better. You got to do things. I mean, there is a lot that they want to fix. But, I mean, and I'm sure there's a lot of answers that everybody wants. But now you've got to to get those answers while you're preparing for, I mean, at least potentially three, maybe four first-round picks on the Texas offense. I might be getting a little bit carried away here. But, I mean, Quinn Ewers has a chance to be a good college pro quarterback. Kind of fits that mold. B. John Robinson is being projected as a first-round pick. Xavier Worthy, when he's eligible, probably going to be a first-round pick. Um, it's, it's, it's a very talented team. And you also, Josh, have to fix what went wrong while also scheming up when you truly don't know which quarterback's going to start. And I don't know – how or what that changes, but it's it's part of the equation. Oklahoma's in full on crisis mode as 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 they yeah. go through this thing. I mean, obviously, what what's happened to them defensively the last two weeks is just a just a disaster. Eleven hundred yards, nearly a one hundred points that Oklahoma surrendered. Ninety six, if you want to be completely specific about it, probably could have been more if TCU wanted it to be more. So yes, there's a lot to fix. And you've obviously got a team in Texas that I would say, you know, at bare minimum, you've got a couple of top two round guys in beat John Robinson and Xavier Worthy that you're going to have to deal with. And, you know, the skill position guys beyond that, probably some other NFL draft picks yeah. right there, too. And that's, you know, not not even including Quinn Ewers or whatever is going to you know wind up happening with him in terms of the NFL draft. So it's. It's a talented football team in Texas that you're going to play, especially on that side of the football. I would say Texas is probably more talented offensively than they are defensively, and right now for Oklahoma, that's a problem. Let's get Bill in here, 405-329-9000. Bill was Mr. Positivity for us on Friday, or was that Thursday. Bill, h- how are we doing today, my man? I'm still a Sooner fan. I'll die a Sooner fan, but you have to see that they got problems. They got problems. Uh do we think what do you think I'm like the guy that takes you is ever is a 14 simply because he's 14 or is it because he's a freshman I don't see what you have to lose I'm not saying throw him in against Texas but maybe some of the other teams a series or two they've got four games and give him some experience and just see what he can do well I mean again I'm not predicting this but Bill, who's to say they don't, right? Maybe maybe they scheme up a package or two where you see them a little bit. 
Well, it, I'm just thinking the kid, he's got four games he can play without losing eligibility. Okay. Uh, let him play and see what he – give him some game time experience. You know, not go into next year and not have any experience at all. Uh, this is no knock on Dylan Gabriel. But if we don't get a quarterback that can complete the immediate and the short pass, we got problems next year. Well, we're about to we're about to find out what the plan is for Oklahoma because as far as what I've seen and how I'm concerned with the situation is, if it's not Dylan Gabriel, I'm totally fine with rolling Nick Evers out yeah. there. And and I wonder if there's a little bit of let's not show any Nick Evers on tape. I know that where he's at on the depth chart would indicate that Plank he's he's not going to get a serious look this week right. from Oklahoma, and there's probably a reasonable reason for that, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that the coaches have no idea what they're doing. Obviously, they do, but uh, I I don't know. We're about to find out if if Oklahoma loses to Texas this week. I think at that point, Plank, it gets to where. You know, I, I don't want to see Deshaun White out there. I don't want to see David Aguebu out there. I mean, all these guys, all these old guys, get them out and just play the play the young guys. Thanks for the call, Bill. I appreciate it. Same way on oh. the offensive line. Let Sexton and Taylor get some experience. Hey, by the way, if these guys can't block, that that's uh, interesting. I appreciate the phone call. Jacob Sexton did some good things on Saturday. No, he did some bad things too. Um. I'm about ready to sit down with an O-lineman here for about an hour, see if I can't pick his brain a little bit more. But, you know, it's – there is – there is a point where you wonder what that conversation looks like. Now, first of all, um, I, I like I said, I was going through the injuries. It did not appear post-game like Wanya Morris is a guy that's going to be ready for Texas. Just – it didn't – Based on, you know, watching him deal with that sling, and I and I don't, I don't know if they ever gave an official word, nor do they know. And let's remember, let's remember, um, you're not required to in college give official injury updates, but it, it he didn't look like a guy that would be ready to go on Saturday against Texas. Now who knows? You get back here, get a little treatment. Let the athletic trainers work their magic, and the next thing you know, it's like, all right, I can go. You never know. But start talking about some of those young guys in the offensive line, Jake Taylor, Jacob Sexton. They they did some nice things. Savion Bird is a guy that looks the part, but, again, there are certain people. Like, I'm not dogging anyone, but no one really looks the part more than Bray Walker. Holy smokes, he looks the part. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I hope it doesn't get to that point. To his to his original angle, what does it hurt to maybe, you know, with a creative offensive mind like Levy to have a package or two? Maybe they do. In which you see Nick Evers, but again, I'm I'm trying not to fall into that. Well, just just play the young guy mode yet, Josh, because I do think there's some meat on the bone and. I don't think this is a conference where someone is going to run away with it. I don't think there's a conference where you're going to look up and there's going to be a, a 6-0 team. I think there's going to be some teams that are going to take some losses. Listen, someone between Kansas and uh, TCU is going to take a loss this weekend, right? Um, Oklahoma State's got some tough road trips in front of them, but, man, they looked really good uh, against Baylor on Saturday. And good Spencer Sanders is playing right now. So, yeah, I 
I hope it doesn't get to that point. <laughs> right, Josh? To where you don't want to see any of the, the old guys, so to speak. But if things continue to go south, there is that point where that has to become a consideration. I'm just a believer that it won't. All right, quick break. And that's not, that's not to say anything I saw on Saturday <laughs> would, 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 give me the, would give me the confidence, right? All right, quick break. When we come back, um, let's, let's hit that text line. It's on fire. Plus, I got my top five things we learned from Saturday next right here on The Ref. All right, uh, final segment here of Hour 2. I've, I've got Coach's Corner, so I'm bailing. You know, Coach Peenbo is usually pretty much either early or right on time, so maybe a little earlier than we typically lose me on a Monday, but Connor and Josh are ready to roll. By the way, um, a, a complete total sidebar, but how was your Friday night calling some more football? It was good, man. Yeah, sure. that was uh, the first time – I I think that's the first time I've ever been to Enid. Seen uh, road signs for Enid for many, many years, and that was the first time I'd gone out there. <laughs> and uh, it was great, man. I, I like, uh, you know, we had – our setup was in this old press box, but it was actually terrific. Oh, so you, you went to the home of the Plainsmen? Oh, baby. Dude, they have two different radio stations that do their home games, or at least they used to. It's awesome. That was one of the last places I called a high school football game. I didn't know you were going out there. That's awesome. Yeah, went out there, and the game itself was was really good. Uh, Enid ended up winning by a couple of scores over more, but it looked like early it was going to be, you know, final possession type of game. It didn't quite turn out to be that, but, no, nah, it was fun, man. We got high school football covered, krefsports.tv. All right, two quick texts that I think uh, best kind of epitomize the Sooner fans. This is a good little double shot from – Jesse, <laughs> he's got the uh, that great uh, meme. It's got the road sign straight 2022 national championship. Uh, Veer right, just burn it all down. It's got the car drifting to the right. The bandwagon fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm pretty sick of these fans that are not really fans. Brent will succeed. He needs time and support. Our job is to provide that support. He continues. I think we were very vanilla in the first three weeks. Guys didn't have to think very much in a base defense. Once we started playing better competition, we had to implement more schemes. Opponents would have taken advantage of vanilla defenses. Guys are not comfortable yet. They are thinking and not reacting. It will take some time. And, oh, by the way, sure, let's throw a true freshman into a live game for the first time against Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Nothing bad could happen like ruining the kid's confidence. Well, look, let me just say this on the last piece there. If it's going to completely shake a kid's confidence going into the Cotton Bowl and playing as a true freshman for the rest of his career, then maybe he shouldn't be at Oklahoma in the first place. Okay, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be okay. I don't I just don't know that I buy into that theory that you're gonna ruin a kid in their confidence by playing and, and things go poorly in the first experience that you play. I, I just look if it's the, if he's the best player, play the best player. And, oh, by the way, let me also say this. You you won with a true freshman quarterback at the Cotton Bowl last year, by the way. That is true. From the 402, I disagree if you have third, fourth, and fifth-year players that are still missing assignments and can't line up right in their fits, then why not play a freshman or sophomore who has the more upside now? 
all questions that we'll ask. You know, Teddy put Kanik in his spotlight this week. And, like, we, we didn't see him much until late in the second half. I, I think I mentioned fourth quarter and someone immediately pointed out that he was in the game late in the third, I guess, maybe one of the final series in the third. But it was just – it was all not good. It was it was just not good all the way around. Um, one more. Listen, bro, we read your scout team offense tweet earlier in the show or your text. My man has said it like six times today. <laughs> we don't know. I'm sure it's probably someone like Micah Bowens. Anyway, why is Dylan Gabriel having problems hitting receivers four missed throws in a row? Go figure. Can't blame it on the weather. And that's, you know, that's it's so hard because of what we saw take place late in that, or in that game with Dylan Gabriel, right? He took that shot and he was out. But, I mean, there were, if you went back and, Started looking through our OU on the air timeline. I mean, there were people like, what's going on with him? Why isn't he Why is he missing guys? He was struggling with his accuracy. I mean, it was an issue. And that's two games in a row where you've had some moments like that. You know, what was wrong with eight early in that game? It just wasn't right. And unfortunately for him, didn't get the rest of the game to try to work it out and get it better because he got absolutely rocked. All right, um... Two down. When we come back, usually we have our top five stories of the day in lieu of that. Top five things we learned from Saturday. Um, I've kind of punted on our after week four. Excuse me, after week five of OU football. I know this. Maybe we'll revisit that tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, that could be be exciting. I think we'll be careful. All right, quick break. It's Plank Show. (laughs) 